Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting considering it's the first week of November. Guys, we're in November now. Christmas isn't that far away. I saw a post today and it was like, if you watch one Harry Potter film every single weekend, you'll finish it the weekend before Christmas. That's mental. Although I don't really like the first two Harry Potters. I only like it past the third one. But I think I'm going to watch them today. I think I'm going to watch the first one today anyway. I feel like I haven't watched it. I just tried to watch it in like July. But I just really like the final ones. They're the, they are the best ones, to be honest. And I just, I just never committed and I never finished it. And so I'm going to start again. I'm going to start from the very beginning, even though it's not that good. Or I might read them. No, I've got so many books to read at the moment that I need to stop just by. I think I like the idea of reading them more than like actually doing the job of reading them. And so I need to not, I need to actually, you know, commit to the book I'm reading at the moment. Today has been such a lovely day already. Oh, let me take you through. Although my skin is flaring up because I have had a really stressful week and it's making me realise how sensitive my skin is to stress because exactly this point last year my skin started flaring up again and it's with like the eczema. Like on Wednesday I was so stressed and so unhappy and my skin started peeling the next day, like literally peeling off my face. I was like, this is not ideal. But anyway, I've made some changes and I'm hoping things are going to start, things are going to start feeling better, I'm going to start feeling happier, because it has been a bit of a, just a bit of a rough one, I found coming home, back from like being in Scarborough quite tricky, I really really loved being at home with my family, and I feel like when I'm feeling a little bit down, and I'm not feeling great, it's really nice to go home and feel looked after, and feel like just helps there you know and so when I came back I was feeling quite just like overwhelmed with the thought of being here on my own because there's no one really to check in and I just really really enjoyed being at home like there's no other reason really apart from like I just really liked it I felt really comfortable I felt really safe I felt I didn't really have to think about everything else that was going on and so it was just like a really nice time to go home but then I always find it a bit tricky when that's over because it's like when I go home it's like I think that I'm going to be home forever because I think when I did go home last like a couple of years ago god it's mad to me that was a couple of years ago feels like it was just last year but like last year I was doing my master's two years ago now when I did go home then I was there I was like home for such a long period of time that it really felt like I was doing like now when I go home it feels like I'm doing that again but it was lovely and I did so many nice things and I crammed as much as I could into like seeing with my family. We got fish and chips and I saw my grandparents and it was just like a really lovely weekend and my skin was calmer then and then I came back and it's just been a week where I just haven't felt great and that's been a bit tricky. Like it's, I feel like there's lots of ups and downs and I never wanted to come across that like everything's perfect so it's really not was that like not that everything's really bad either but I just want it to be like aware that there's good and bad points you know like when I have that on the Instagram account it's like the best bits from this week I'm not gonna post like the really things that made me feel really sad because I don't want like I want to focus on all the good things that are happening and that was the whole point of those Instagram posts which is like me to like remind myself all the happy little moments that happened along that week because I can tend to like catastrophize and catastrophize is that catastrophize 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 I think that's a word catastrophize catastrophize okay I need to move on I can make something like way worse than it actually is and so I've been feeling like those Instagram posts are a way of me like regrouping me like you know what no good things really did happen like it was a good week 
And so those have been really helpful. But that's the thing. I'm not always going to be like, when I'm feeling sad, like, I don't really want to come on. And I don't want to, like, I don't want the Instagram account or the podcast or anything to ever become something that it's not. I don't want it to ever feel like it's forced. I don't want to feel like I have to come up and show up and be this person that is always, like, like exposing every single thing that's going on. Because I also don't think that's healthy. I think you've got to have some boundaries in place. I think you've got to know when, like, what you're doing is the right... When you're, like, just telling people because you feel like you should tell them rather than you're telling people because you want to tell them. And understanding that boundary within myself has been something of a learning curve because I used to be such an oversharer. Like, a massive oversharer. I'd just share every single thing going on in my life. And I think especially if you listen to the first few podcasts... It was probably different, like, and now I have more of a filter in the sense of, I don't plan anything I'm going to say. We just press record and that's it. But I do consciously think about the things that I'm saying and make sure those are, like, okay things to say and that I'm not exposing anything or, like, saying things about other people or, like, you know, sharing things that aren't my things to share. And, and so I think that's been a definite growing moment. But this week has been tricky, but it has also had good points. I started back at the gym which I didn't want to go to, but I did start the new routine. I woke up and I went to the gym in the morning and it did help, you know, because in the evenings I suddenly felt like I had free time and I went and I did a food shop and it's like really silly things like going out and doing a food shop all of a sudden meant that I felt like more on top of my life and even though I didn't want to do it, it was nice to get out and go for a walk and all of these things felt really good and like really positive. So the new routine is working and it's something I'm going to carry forward because I think when it gets dark so quickly now, I don't want to be outside. I think maybe going to the gym in the evenings worked really well when I wasn't actually like at, when I wasn't, what am I trying to say? When going to the gym in the evenings worked really well when it was like summertime because it still felt daylight, it still felt like I had an evening. Whereas now it's so dark and horrible that I'm just like, no, I want to go home. And so having that, also if I work late and it's like till seven, I don't want to go to the gym. I want to go home because I'm hungry and it's been like a shitty day and I just don't want to, like, I just don't want to go there. And so doing that has been a really positive step. I've also started meditating. I'm doing this thing on Calm called the stress and anxiety one because I feel quite stressed and anxious at the moment. And that's been really good. I did it three times last week. I haven't done it today. I might do it later on. But that was really lovely. Just starting that in the mornings and I listen to it on the tube and I don't think I do it perfectly I listen to it on the way to gym and I know you meant to like sit in quietness and stillness and just do that I don't do that like I do other things but I still think it's good to listen to and to focus on and it gives me other things to think about and they give you coping mechanisms within it to cope with stress and anxiety and that was really helpful and that was Monday Tuesday and then I met my family my family all came they were all in London, so we met for lunch on Thursday, which was lovely because I just feel like I needed to regroup. It'd been a rough week and I felt pretty shitty, and so it was really nice to see them. And then my sister came to stay on Thursday night, which was obviously when the storm was, so it was great to see her. Like we went out for dinner, and then she couldn't go home on the Friday because she lives really far away, and there was no chance with the like with the trains and everything. So she stayed last night, and me and my housemate and her went to the pub, and I found my new favorite pub. It's great. I love it. It was like, mm, I can't remember what it's called, but it's more like a beer keller, you know, and they have like 20 different pints and you can try them. And I really liked it because I got to try so many different things. I tried a coffee, a coffee, chocolate and blueberry waffle thing. It was one of the worst things I've ever tried in my Like, I don't know who sips that and thinks, mmm, I'd like this. No, I don't. I just don't. It's just so, ugh, it was horrible. But I did think that... 
Oh, I've realised I'm actually really far away from you, sorry. Um, but I did have this, like, cider, which is probably one of the nicest ciders I've ever had in my entire life. It's like a Devon cider, and it tasted delicious. Like, mm, it was just really nice. It was, like, the perfect level of fizziness. And then woke up this morning with a bit of a hangover. I can't... No, I actually woke up at 6am, and me and Nini were both like, <gasps> I need to drink water. Drank, like, two of my bottles of, like, my big hydro flasks that was like a liter of water drank it all in one go fell back asleep and then I woke up and I felt all right you know I felt I've definitely felt better we went to the chicken shop and we now I've finessed my order and so I just get we got a chicken meal strip meal with an extra portion of chips and a drink and we made wraps and we shared the chips and it was just like the perfect amount of food and there was no wastage because we always used to order too much and we'd always end up like, like oh we'll save it for the next day and when I'm hungover that's the last thing I want to eat like old chicken and I don't think the chicken's that good for my tummy I did not feel well this morning so I think I'm going to try and not eat it next time <laughs> but we woke up this morning and my sister had to go and we met our new housemate which is really exciting I feel like that's such an exciting new like it's just really fun meeting new people and exciting to see how all of that's going and I think if you are looking for housemates just wanted to say that girls who graduate is such a great place to do it because I know loads of people do it on spare room and that's how I found my housemates but I honestly think the girls who graduate group chat that's where I posted and I found so many people so many people were interested and it was just so much easier because I feel like there's a real community there and so if you are looking for somewhere to live in London definitely use that I think that's the better way to do it than spare room I think there's more house ads going on there and you can also see the people and it's just a really good way to meet people and we met someone who's like really lovely and really great so really really exciting and then tonight I'm going out for dinner I'm going to use, you know, first table where you get 50% off your bill. We're going to this place called Bull in the China Shop, which is a Japanese restaurant. We get 50% off our bill. And they do this rotisserie chicken. It's meant to be 15, but it'll only be seven. And so I think I'm going to get that. And like some bao buns. And I'm just going to really treat myself. Not that I need to, but I would like to. But anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. <laughs> So this week we're talking about becoming the most best independent version of yourself and creating a life truly that is your own. Because I've been thinking a lot about the life that I've created for myself here in London and a lot about being long distance because me and my boyfriend have nearly been long distance four years, like next July, which is actually so far away. It's only three and a half years, but we've been long distance for like all of our relationship. And I think it's quite like a unique situation to be in because obviously most people aren't long distance. Most people are with those people, like the people that they love all the time. And although it definitely has its negatives and it's not ideal, it really has pushed me to become my own person. And I think I do have codependent tendencies. Like I don't necessarily always push myself to do the most independent best thing. And I know that that's not good, but I just can't help it. Like if I find myself being comfortable in a situation, I know I can just stick to that routine and become very, very comfortable. And I think if I hadn't have been in a long distance relationship, I do wonder if that would have been healthy. And this is why I think long distance has so many benefits when you're younger, because it pushes you like you can still have that person in your life, but it makes sure that you that person isn't just your life. Do you know what I mean? They're still in your life, but they don't have to be all of your life. And I think that's what long distance allows you to do. And that's why it is so beneficial. Because everyone says to be single in your 20s. Because it truly means that you get to know yourself. But I think long distance is the same thing. 
the only difference between long distance and being single is like obviously you're not interested in anyone else and you're not like looking for someone else but because none of your energy now is spent on like finding someone else you just invest all of your time within yourself and your friendships and your family and the other relationships in your life like rather than investing in romantic love you're investing in what's that word that means like friendship love what's that word like romantic and the it begins with c i can't remember it but rather than investing in romantic love you're investing that more that friendship type of relationships and i just think that being long distance has allowed me to really do that and i think it's been a thing that's been weighted like off my shoulders and i think in your 20s there is a real need to be independent because i think so many people put so much pressure on your 20s as being the time to find yourself i watched tiktok and it's about it being the panic years where you're trying to find everything and do everything but i think you're panicking because you don't know who you are yet you're panicking because you're trying to find that label of authenticity of working out who you want to be and how you want to be that person and who you want to act like. But the only way that you can end up feeling yourself and working out who you want to be on your own is by being truly on your own. A oh, car's just passing. Okay, now it's gone. Oh, now it's gone. It's by being truly on your own and working out who you are truly on your own and having time with yourself where you are bored. And I think that's why long distance has been good for me because as I said, I have these codependent tendencies. Like when I was at uni, I really struggled with being on my own. I found it really like, it was strange. I never found being on my own as like a safe space thing. I never found it like a space where I feel like I could truly relax, which is ironic because I've now realised like when you're on your own, it's when you can relax the most. And I think this is a growing up thing. And I think this is a realising it in perspective and like changing how you view being on your own. Because for so much of my life, I viewed being on my own as like indicative of being lonely, having no friends, having no one around me. And I spent so much time craving different types of company, craving different people around me, craving different friendships, until I realised that I could be that person myself. And once I realised that these different friendships that I had, these different people to do things with, I could still do the thing without them being there. That maybe it wouldn't be the experience I was like craving for maybe I did need that social connection but just because those people weren't around me just because I didn't have the best friend that I could go to the pottery painting class with just because I didn't know people I was going to go to like I wanted to do this like fight like I wanted to do the marathon with someone just because I didn't know people didn't mean that I couldn't do those things and I think especially when I moved to London last year I really moved here and I didn't know anyone and I kind of took it upon myself to become my own best friend to make sure that I got myself out of the house to make sure that I was doing different things to make sure that I was creating a life for myself that I really enjoyed it was like regardless of the people around me because it does it's not easy and it's really easy not to want to do these things it's really easy just to try and stick to your routine and minimize your outside life because sometimes when you don't have loads of people around you doing loads of things on your own can emphasize that loneliness but I realized I was doing this and by doing this, I was shrinking the life that I could create for myself. Because how could I create space for other people to fit in if I didn't create space for myself to have that free time? And I think so much about like manifestation and creating your dream life is like giving the universe signs that you're ready for something. And how was I giving anyone any signs that I was ready to like meet new people if I wasn't creating that space within my own life to meet someone else? To have time to socialise, to have time with friends, to have time to do other things. And this is why I think switching off and creating those plans on your own is so important because not only does it teach you that you don't need the other people around you to do those things you are still able to do those things regardless of whether or not they're here or not it also like 
does those signals the universe that you are ready to take it seriously, that you are ready to invite those people into your life. And I think for so long I was craving different people's type of company, whether it be like that super like really close best friend to do all those different things with. And it took me just so long to realise that I really could just be that person for myself. And again, like I said, although it's sometimes not ideal, and although you are craving those interactions with other people, I really do think that once I realised that, I just started living, really. And slowly but surely, I did meet more people along the way. And I think this is what long distance has taught me so much, is that I am able to be on my own. It's given me that confidence in my own independence, which I didn't necessarily have before. And I think it's something that I've always struggled with. And it's something that I've always felt quite insecure about, is this feelings I have when I'm on my own, that I'm not, like good enough or that people are judging me or that I'm really lonely and when I was talking to my sister we just realized how like common these feelings are and I think this is the thing in your 20s you think everyone has the biggest friendship groups you think everyone is constantly thriving and has the most amazing connections but you soon realize once you talk to people that that's not necessarily the case on social media it can look like they're so close with literally so many people it can look like they have the most incredible people around them And some people will, and that's great. But most people have issues in their friendships that they're not not happy with. And I think I watched this, another video, and it was saying about how important it is to meet as many people as you can in your 20s because people are going to ebb and flow. And I think this is the thing. Realising that you are able to do things on your own and not using other people to dictate your happiness is such an important lesson of your 20s. It's such an important lesson because it allows you to set boundaries and it allows you to fully focus on what you want to do and creating a life that you love and finding people that support you in creating that life that you love. But it also means that when you do lose people, you don't lose all of your sources of happiness. Because I think this was the thing about when I've lost people beforehand. They really were so much of my happiness and I felt really lost without them there. I didn't know what to do on my own apart from scroll. And creating the podcast has been a massive source of kind of creating something that is my own, creating something for myself that I could then talk about and do without needing anyone else to be there for me to do it and I think one of the things I've really enjoyed doing on my own is like running like that's become a massive thing that I like to do on my own charity shopping going out for coffee reading my books these are all like activities that I can do with other people but I also know tomorrow I'll probably do on my own and I think growing up is starting to like I now crave those times because it's only when I'm on my own that I truly get to do whatever I want to do and I get to think about how I'm truly feeling. It's like a check-in with myself. And I think transitioning from seeing yourself as like a bad person to spend time with and transitioning in that into an experience which is really positive, transitioning that solo time into like something really kind of sacred is part of growing up. Because as soon as you realise that you are your own safe space, as soon as you realise that spending time on your own is comfortable it is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If anything, it is good because when you're spending time on your own, you're getting to know yourself. As soon as you realise that, I feel like everything changes because all of a sudden you start evaluating the people around you and asking like, do they add something or am I just with them because I don't want to be on my own? But as soon as you start realising that being on your own isn't that bad, you stop questioning it. You stop questioning like, am I, do I, do they actually add things to my life? Because as soon as they stop adding things, you don't feel bad about moving on. You don't feel bad about questioning whether or not that friendship is good for you because you know that on your own you're good. 
And so they have to be bringing something to the party. And I think that really limits the amount of toxic people you have surrounding you. And I don't think I'd have learned any of this if I hadn't ever been long distance, because I would never have been forced to truly question, like to truly spend time on my own. I would never have thought that I needed to spend time on my own because I'm constantly around my boyfriend. And I notice it when I go up to Manchester and we stay together. I have no time on my own. I think it's because I'm obviously living in his flat and it's a bit different. And I do find that tricky and it would be different if we lived in the same house because obviously you do spend more time on your own. But I think it's really something that it's taught me and that I wouldn't have got to experience beforehand. And it's something that I feel really grateful for having known about myself. And I think being in your 20s is tricky because there's so many points of comparison. And I think one of the biggest points of comparison is this social comparison of the people we have around us. But I just I just wish I'd realised sooner that being on your own is ground zero, and ground zero is pretty great. Being on your own is a positive experience. Being on your own should be one of, like... It should be the most purest, best thing, because you should love spending time with yourself, because you literally get to do anything you want to do. Spending time with other people should obviously be really great, but they should just add to that experience. It should never be a negative. And I think investing that time within yourself to create that relationship with yourself to make it really good is so important. And I think the ways that you can learn to do this is by literally treating yourself as your own best friend, taking yourself out for coffee, bringing your book, providing yourself with different activities that isn't just mindlessly scrolling. And I find this tricky when I'm tired. Like right now, I'm so shattered. I need to get into bed, but I have to, like, I have to do so many jobs. I do just want to scroll because I'm tired. But realising that scrolling isn't the thing that's going to make me feel better. Actually treating like this time on my own, like a date night activity, is going to what's make me feel better. I'm going to feel like I actually switched off, and I think that's so important. But anyway, I just want you to realise that being on your own isn't that bad. Spending time on your own isn't that bad because I spent so long hating that side of my life I felt so long feeling that if I was alone that meant I was being inadequate I remember so many colleges like summers in college being like feeling like really shitty because I had no plans I didn't have friends to hang out with I didn't know what I was going to do and I just thought that was like indicative of me being a really boring lonely person but now I'm older I realize like no that time on your own is like sacred if you don't have anyone else to spend time with and that's fine because you've got yourself and that relationship with yourself should be such a positive experience and it should be something that's really, like, good. But you won't get to create that really good experience with yourself unless you are on your own. And I think making that is so important. It can't, It's like the foundation of every other relationship because in every relationship, you are the common person. You are the, like, the denominator. So if you have a good relationship with yourself, you are going to be so better able to judge whether the relationships with other people around you are also going to be beneficial for you. And I just wish I'd realised this sooner. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's podcast. And the first question is... Oh, oh, I just opened Instagram accidentally. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Okay. Here. How to find the balance between writing my... Between my dissertation and work and myself when I don't have any set times. My biggest tip for this... And I didn't do it very well. And I haven't been doing it very well. And yeah, (laughs) this sounds, this is hypocritical advice because I'm so bad at doing this. But this is what I wish I had done last year. Is treat your dissertation like a full-time job. Do it nine to five. Actually schedule in 
hours of when you have to do it and you're going to have to set yourself your own deadlines because that's what I think got me through uni was I would set myself my own mini deadlines so I have to have completed this part by this section this part by this section I have to have got to this point by this point and I also with my dissertation I told myself I had to have it ready a month before it was due and because I did that it meant that like I actually submitted two days before it was due but because I was so far ahead it allowed me to have time to make mistakes so I think the biggest way you're going to be able to cope with all of these different things is planning. You're going to have to become really, really good at planning. And I know you don't have any set times that you're going to have to create those set times for yourself. When you have your job, that is your switch off period of time. Don't try and do any work there. Don't like that is your time to switch off and just focus on something else because you need to come away from it to be like to be able to make changes that are positive on it. I think that's really important, realizing how important it is to come away so definitely come away from it when you are working. But then when you are writing your dissertation, make sure that you focus and give yourself that time to work on it in solid chunks. So just timetable your life. And then I'm guessing that like you may be working like three evening shifts a week. On those other evenings, make sure you do things for you. And I think having a thing each day, like exercise, like going for a walk, going to the gym, doing a class, whatever you like to do, having that before I went massively helped me. And it meant that I felt like I still had some me time. Because I think that was the most overwhelming thing last year was everything felt on top of each other and I felt like I didn't have any time because I wasn't carving out any time just for me. I wasn't giving myself that time to breathe and I think you definitely need to give yourself that time to breathe otherwise you're going to feel so overwhelmed. But also don't worry, it is overwhelming what you're doing right now. Like It's hard and it's okay to find it a lot because every single person I knew, know, finds it a lot. But you're doing well. How to deal with the overwhelming feeling of change this has been something I think I've struggled with all of my life is accepting change and accepting how it makes me feel and accepting that it's not like I think the first the thing about it being overwhelming is that you can't control it is that you don't know what the outcome is going to be but I think somewhere deep down you have to really start trusting that everything is going to work out that if it doesn't work out it will eventually that things have to go wrong before they can go right, that like these changes aren't ever going to be a bad thing because if change happens and, it bad, and it's bad, at least it tells you what you'd want. At least it teaches you what you need in your life and it teaches you what you should prioritise and then you kind of re-calibrate like, you in order to work towards that. So I think with the overwhelming feeling of change, you have to start slowly and surely by just accepting that it's going to happen, that it's, it's happening regardless of whether or not you wanted it to. It is happening and if you don't want it to happen, that's not going to stop it from happening. It's still going to happen. And I think that's been the thing that realising me worrying about it and feeling so overwhelmed about it, is it going to change anything, has been really helpful. But then also realising it's okay to find change overwhelming. Like change is overwhelming. It is stressful. It is like comfortable and people don't love it and you're not the only one. Most people hate change. But also realising that nothing new can come if nothing new comes do you know what I mean if you're not a hundred percent happy with your current situation something has to change so I think also repositioning your mind to realize that change isn't a negative thing okay all of the change that you've experienced so far has ended up in a good way eventually it has and I think realizing that has helped me become more open to change like finding a new housemate was really stressful and I was really worried about it but repositioning that into finding a new housemate, into like finding a whole new friendship group, finding someone else to meet, like it's an exciting thing. And that's been really helpful. Okay, on to the anonymous questions. 
Um, what is something you and your boyfriend do apart from FaceTime that helps with long distance when you know you're not seeing each other in a while? I think you've got to... I think the only thing that really helps is like constant communication. And I think it depends though. I think one thing that also really helps is keeping really busy. Like really busy. You can't give yourself time to dwell on it. Because I know some people really like, also it's like personal preference. Some people really like doing like couple activities together in the evenings and stuff. Personally, I don't. Like, it's just never really been us to do those types of, like, I know people do, like, word searches together and watch TV together, and that's a really nice way to chat with each other. But I would rather just FaceTime and actually talk to him and then hang out with my, like, friends on the evening because it makes me sometimes feel a little bit lonely when I'm doing those things, and that's just something that's, like, a personal thing. Some people love it and it works really great for them. For me, it makes me feel a bit lonely, but I know those are two really good things where, like, doing activities when you're not immediately together can be really helpful. But I think the biggest thing is just distracting yourself, keeping yourself busy, making like, then when you call each other, you have so many things to say, but making sure you call each other regularly. Me and my boyfriend haven't called for five days. We haven't spoken in ages and it feels like it's been so long and I would not recommend doing this, but I would recommend calling regularly, regularly, and also planning when you're going to see them. I know you're not going to see them for a while, but having that date date set in stone so you have something to work towards. But I think it's also tricky if you're not seeing them for like a long time, like months, you probably do need to do the activities more. You probably do need to watch the films together and stuff because you need to have that type of connection. I think that is important. So I think it really does depend on the person and on the relationship. But I know those are really good things. But anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. So the new things I've done this week, we're back at the gym. We've been in there, no, we didn't go Monday, Tuesday. And Wednesday, I didn't go Thursday because it was raining and awful and it was the storm and I just thought, I can't do that. That's been a really good thing. We went to, we're going to try out the, what's it called, first table or something and I'm excited about that. And I think also worrying less about, like, money is a stress but realising I don't have to be in super saver mode anymore, which I have been for so long because I've been, like, only having my savings as my income I think that's been a new thing, like, allowing, giving myself, like, the allowance to enjoy things. And that's been really important. I think other new things that I've done this week is I've been reading a new book. What's it called? Oh, Arrangements in Blue. It's incredible. It's one of the best books I've read in ages. Like, I'm really loving it, and I think every single person should read it. I've never related to a book more. But also, it's never, I've never found such a... Like, I feel like when I'm reading it, I'm really getting to know her. It's got a really lovely, like tone that just feels very like intimate in a way because you feel like you're really understanding what she's saying and the way that it's written is like very artistic she's a poet and you can tell because her way of like describing certain parts is so creative but really makes you feel like you're there it's not like a boring description in the slightest and so I've been loving reading that I'm also watching (laughs) I'm watching Gilmore Girls again And I think that's growth because I haven't been able to ever watch this series because I watched it when I was going through my breakup and every time I watched it it made me feel sick. Which I don't know why, but Gilmore Girls really became like my comfort blanket. I would just watch it. I could fall asleep to it. I would have it on constantly. And I've never been able to watch it since. But then since a couple of days ago, I watched it. And I was actually like, I don't feel sick anymore. I feel okay. It's weird how long it takes you to get over things, isn't it? And even when you're over something, you're never fully over something, you know? You're never like, 
it takes you ages to reach that final point, like years and years and years. Like it's been like nearly four years since it all happened. And it does just take time. And I think that's really interesting that you have to give yourself that time. But eventually all of these things that bothered you at one point, they won't bother you anymore. And I think time really is the biggest healer. It really, really honestly is. But anyway, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to speak to you next week. Make sure that you, you don't have to do the paid subscription, but just do the regular subscription because then I can see how many of you there are. And it's really exciting to see the podcast grow. We hit 5,000 subscribers the other day and now I need to start working on merch. And I've got a really good idea, but I just need the headspace to actually make it happen. But anyway, I'll speak to you next week. I love you loads. Oh, I forgot to say, make sure you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at, in, at you've got mail underscore pod. I love you. Bye.